0: I borrow your mind. Welcome, uh just welcome if it's your first time listening to this podcast. Just straight up welcome. Uh I appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm really excited. This week I spoke to a guy called Aiden Jones. He's a comedian from Melbourne and a good friend of mine. Um and I I hadn't seen him I haven't seen him sort of all year really because of um lockdown and stuff in Melbourne. So I I, I thought it would be kind of cool to just have a chat with him and check in and see how he's coped during lockdown. Um, he's a great comedian, and I really enjoy his work. He he's written a few festival shows, like for you know the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Adelaide Fringe, and he's had some really successful ones that have uh, affected me quite a lot. He um he you'll listen in this podcast. You can tell he's very good at articulating his emotions. And he does that really well on stage. Um, I think that's what makes him a great comedian. So for that reason, I thought it would be cool to talk to him um, about emotions, I guess. Um, and we spoke about sort of how our lives have been this year. We spoke about comedy a lot as well, especially in the first half. Um, I hope that wasn't too like boring and nerdy about comedy. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think you'll like it too. Um, a lot about mental health and a lot about Aiden um, meeting up with his biological father who he'd never met until recently. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good and enlightening episode of a podcast and I think it will make you feel nice inside your soul if you believe that humans have souls. I don't know if they do or not, but maybe they do. And if they do, I think this will be good for your soul. Um uh so yeah thanks for listening um if you if you like this podcast hey actually this is a good thing please do this rate it give it a five-star rating that'll be sick subscribe to it there's a new episode every wednesday and i've got some massive guests coming up um i'm actually really excited about some of the guests that i'm getting so uh strap in it's you know it's going to be good um i recorded this podcast on the lands of the kulin nation I'd like to pay my respects to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people, their elders, past, present, and emerging, and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded in this country. Um, the intro music for this podcast is done by a band called Silt. They're a great band. Check them out. And I'll yeah, I'll I'll see you later. Enjoy. I hope you're well. Have a good one. This is episode seven of Can I Borrow Your Mind with this week's guest, Aidan Jones. Oh, and also just so you're not shocked, um, I it, it jumps straight into it. Aiden and I spoke for a couple minutes before that, but um the audio quality was still <laughs> I was gonna say was figuring itself out, but really I was figuring out the levels. Um, so I just cut that bit and we just jumped straight in. But you'll you'll figure it out. It's not that it's not that much of a shock, just deal with it. <laughs> I absolutely bombed at that gig that you had, like, just for context for listeners, like, Aiden had a a gig in his shed I, re- I reckon like around june you had a few of them
1: yeah it was the first of june was the first one and then it was three i did three and mondays and first it was like, what, 15th. you
0: were allowed 20 people in your house at that stage or something yeah right yeah. yeah 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 so you had them more- all did so they was pay my- those people
1: no the the last one i got them to get donate at the end and like it was like 60 bucks like it was amazing oh no nice. it was really really cool as
0: a performer, I didn't see any of that. But. Yeah,
1: no. Well, you were you at the last one? I don't think you were at the last no, one. Also, I didn't give them any money to the yeah, performers. No, no, way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like I just feel like that was such a hard for me. Like, that was cool. That was so great that you did that. And I reckon if the restrictions allow it before – Bars are allowed to do comedy. I reckon you should do it again.
1: Oh, I'm 100% doing it again. Yeah. I'm going to do three a week. Sweet. I'm all really? in.
0: Yeah. I'm like, even if pubs can have comedy, will you still keep it as a hundred percent? Really? Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a comedy venue now. My
1: plan is to do Monday, Thursday, Saturday because uh, we're allowed 20 people in the not next, but the one after, like the five weeks from now yeah, opening yeah, yeah, up yeah. if yeah. everything goes to plan. And I'm just—I mean—I'm sure you are. I'm so desperate to do comedy again.
0: Man, I'm so desperate, and but yeah. also, yeah. What I was going to say about that gig, like, I fucking struggled so much, and because I hadn't done comedy in at that stage, it would have been like a couple months. Yeah. And now it's been like—that's <laughs>
1: like,
0: the only gig I've done since March. Yeah, man. At your house, and I am pretty worried that I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah, oh, you like. can
1: do it. <laughs> Fuck.
0: I mean, I—the
1: weird like, thing this, for me. How,
0: how long before this COVID thing, what would have been the longest you've ever gone without doing stand-up comedy?
1: Oh, like two weeks max. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the weird thing for me is like, am I going to do the jokes that I was doing in March? It's mm. so weird because I've had so many things happen since then, but I don't have jokes about them because I haven't been performing. Mm-hmm. And normally, like the meat grinder of, you know, your like stand up is you just churn through all these jokes. So the jokes from six months ago, unless they're like your best shit, you don't even do them anymore. So you're yep. not even talking about that stuff anymore. Yeah. And, and I just haven't. And that's
0: him. like that's such, that's such like one of the really fun things about it. Oak, yeah. And, and it's so shit now. The idea, the prospect of doing, like I've done a few gigs on Zoom and stuff. Yeah. And it's horrible for many reasons. Like, obviously, it's on Zoom. You're doing, you're in your bedroom <laughs> so doing stand up comedy on Zoom. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's the most fucked concept. But one of the reasons I found it really shit is that, yeah, I haven't written anything during this time, and I'm just doing jokes from like a year ago. Totally, and they feel so boring and dated. Yeah, they're about things that were from a different time. Like yeah, yeah. COVID. Like they don't feel relevant at all. And. Uh, Like people always, people uh, a lot of people have said to me like, "Oh, you must be loving this time. Like you must be writing heaps of stand-up comedy." I haven't written a single, not one joke, (laughs) not even an idea. I don't. Not at all.
1: Nah, (laughs) man. I've had two. I've had two uh, polar opposite experiences of Zoom gigs. I've had like a few in between ones, but I had one for the Anglers Club in. um, I want to give them a shout out because it was so good. Uh, It's like in the north of Melbourne. I can't remember the name of this, but it's the Anglers Club, whatever. It's like this little kind of community hub in like a real far, like at the edge of Melbourne. Mm. And they put on monthly comedy gigs and they put on a, uh, a Zoom gig and they've just got like, you know, a community around them and a following. And so there were like 50 people watching and uh, I could see some of the other people uh, in the top. So I felt like I was performing to people. Yep. And I was like, I mean, this was like august maybe but i was like having fun kind of riffing like you That's would great. on a sh- you know when you get up on a show and you start talking to the audience and doing stuff yeah, yeah yeah it was i was doing that and i was like i feel like i'm getting what i get out of comedy from this kind of yeah. i was like maybe i figured out how to do zoom how gigs, do zoom gigs yeah. and then the next one i did was um for just like another promoter and it was the complete opposite setup. There were no other little boxes with people's faces. I didn't know how many people were watching, if there was anyone watching, and I was just performing it to my camera, yeah. and there was no – it was like hell on earth, yeah. just yeah. to an empty room, yeah. screaming into the void. I've done one like that
0: where there's no – it's pre-recorded, um, uh, It's and it's like – um there's no one. You you can't see any reaction because it's pre recorded, but you're yeah. doing it on Zoom to your screen and it's just like two of the other comedians who are on are oh. just sitting there and they're 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 muted
1: because yeah. like, it's
0: awkward for them not to be muted. Yeah. So you can just see their faces and you can see them not <laughs> laughing Just at see your them shit like jokes, Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like, just like browsing. And the I did they're like better, more established comedians than I am. So God. it's also like that intimidating thing. And I was just like in my room, <laughs> like barefoot. Like I had a nice shirt on, but it just feels so. (laughs) Had a nice shirt. You put a nice (laughs) shirt. Put a nice shirt on on for the occasion. (laughs) It's like you know when you do stand up. Like the the hour leading up to it. For me, anyway, I don't know if everyone has this, but for me, the hour leading up to a gig, especially if it's like a bit of an important one or a scary one or just a different sort of gig, um, I'm really nervous. Like I get butterflies and I get like yeah, I just get really tense. Yeah. And then the great thing about doing live comedy is that. When you get up there and you get the first laugh, it's like this crazy moment when all the tension just leaves your body. Yeah. And it's like the best feeling. With these Zoom gigs, it's like you get all that tension and you're all stressed and nervous. And then you start telling your jokes and there's no release of the tension. There's so just then nothing. for hours afterwards, like that night, I was just still tense. Really? Like, I didn't feel like I'd finished the gig. I was <laughs> like, ah fuck, I'm so stressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've almost found like I didn't get I get the tension before comedy shows like stand-up shows, but not before a Zoom gig, I felt nothing. I had to remind myself that I'm like, there's a gig on, I should be thinking about, and then like 10 minutes before, I'm like a like a, a cocky comedian at a normal gig, just like sitting there with my notes <laughs> or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't prepared because in my mind, it just doesn't feel like a proper gig. Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah that numbness.
0: Um, are you like, say if comedy returns in December, or whenever in the next few months, are you obviously you're excited about that? Are you, um, do you have like mixed emotions? Cause yeah, like I said, I'm a bit nervous. Are you like, are you tentative at all? Or are you like, fuck yeah, like, let me, let me out. There, I reckon we'll be comedy. fine.
1: I've I, I hear people talking about like, oh, what if I can't do comedy anymore? I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? It's, you're going to be fine. And especially like, I mean, I think maybe I'm, I feel like I'm going to have the shed gigs. Like I'm going to MC every one of them. And so MCing, you just kind of get to talk. There's less pressure. I feel like I'll be easing into it with that. But I I feel like, you know, two weeks in and you'll be like, have your kind of confidence on stage back and like a month in and you'll have a new five minutes that you're excited about. And then you're back on the treadmill.
0: Yeah, totally. You know? yeah. 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 Okay. I want to um, uh, just while we're talking about comedy, I – I sort of wanted to talk to you because I wanted to get um, a feel for how you've been during lockdown. And I thought Mm that would be interesting if we both chat about how we've coped with this weird time. But before we do that, now that we're talking about comedy, can I, um, I was going to say for the listeners, but actually I don't really know this either. Can you give me like your, it's like a corny question that Uh comedians get asked on podcasts, but like. I don't care. I find it interesting. Like when did you start doing comedy? How did you get into it? How did you find it in the beginning? Yeah. When did you start realizing How you loved it? it? All that shit. Give me like all the cliche responses. How did you
1: find it? I, I like to think that comedy? it found me really. <laughs> it didn't. I can tell you right it now it not It found me and it went It's still bit. looking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like desperately looking and it can't find anything. Um. I, uh, I mean, that's a corny question, and I got a corny answer because I, fuck, I like think so highly of myself that I make up these like origin stories for myself. Like I totally yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. I remember being just in case you're on like Letterman. Like, yeah, um, dude. I used to have a joke. <laughs> I used to have a joke when I don't think I ever did it on stage when I first started. That was like, um, I'm so arrogant that I dream one day after I die that they'll make the documentary about my life (laughs) and my mum will be there like being interviewed by the queen or whatever. And uh, she'll say something like, you know, he was always very funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like with musicians, it's always like you know he was always singing when he yeah. walked around the house. Yeah, he yeah. Like, yeah. He was always talking about his depression as he walked yeah. around the house.
1: drawing faces way. on his tummy. <laughs> um, but I remember when I was like uh, at the start of year seven um, in school. You know, the first day of term. I don't know if your school did this. They have like a questionnaire that they send to your parents so they can fill it out and then the new teacher gets to know a bit about the students that are going to be in their class and my mom gave me it in the envelope and i opened it and read what she wrote about me and one of the things that she wrote was sense of humor developing well and Uh, i was like yeah that was fucking (laughs) sick My mum thinks I'm funny. Suffer, (laughs) everyone else.
0: Were you making your mum laugh a lot as a kid? Do you reckon? Probably. Do you you remember making her laugh?
1: I don't know. I make her laugh a lot now. She always tells me I'm funny. So that's there's probably something unhealthy in that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's great. I think that's really good. I don't think. Yeah, no. My mum always tells me I'm funny. I always think if I can get an audience to laugh at me and like me the way that my mum does, mm-hmm. then they then I'll be able to do the kind of jokes that I want to do. Wow, that's a that save that for Letterman.
0: That's yeah. a really beautiful statement. <laughs> that is um, nice. So then year seven, you look at that and you go, fuck yeah, I'm getting a sense of humor. And then I assume you didn't start doing stand-up nah, in year seven. I
1: started when I was it. I started when I was 20. Um, I reckon the I, – I remember because I always kept journals and like since I was 14, I every day I wrote like journals every night. I was just like I just wanted to be I, – I liked the idea of being someone who kept a journal I think. And I remember when I was 16, I wrote a few jokes because uh, this girl at my school, I don't even remember her – this is like I don't – I don't even know what her name was or whatever, but she was in my year and the drama class had to all do monologues and I didn't do drama, but everyone else in the school had to go watch them, you know, because they're like, they're doing their monologues, so we go and watch them. And this girl did word for word Dave Hughes's gala set (laughs) from that year. What a and I and I legend. and I'd seen it, <laughs> and I was best. like, "She can't fucking do that." I'm like, "I know." It was the one with the KFC. I don't remember with the KFC, and he's like, "It's like having a wank because you do it, and you're all excited, and then afterwards you feel dirty, and your hands are sticky." Wow, that was one of the jokes. I, I
0: saw a tweet recently that's very similar to that. That's a that's a um, that's a good yeah. Uh, uh, Husey. Like, that was a huge. I feel like that's been re.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah, hey?
0: redone in lots of different ways.
1: And I, I was so indignant. I wanted to, to – I was like, "She, you shouldn't like her. Like I was so <laughs> jealous. In I was like, you shouldn't like – that's not her. Also, she fucking like, stole all of that. It's you weird know?
0: that before you were a comedian, you were already like – you know, Bitter. worried about the ethics of stealing jokes and stuff.
1: Oh no! I think I was just jealous that everyone was paying attention to her, right, and I wanted right, them to pay. I was like, oh, I knew that as well. Yeah. I could yeah, have done that, I, but I, I did didn't.
0: <laughs> <Hussy's shirt>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I went home and wrote some jokes. Really? So that um,
0: that 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 lit something inside. I reckon you. so. Your comedy career is
1: fueled by jealousy, by just bitterness <laughs> and jealousy of like, don't fucking laugh at her. And then, uh, and then the thing that did it was when I was twenty, a mate on Facebook shared. Shared, um bill hicks's documentary mm. american and i remember he was 14 sneaking out of his parents house to go down the comedy club and i was 20 watching that going like i that was like oh my god if a 14 year old is allowed to go and do that then that means i can probably as well yep. and i've like found uh the rhino room open mic michael yeah. boley message yep. one mic sand yeah and um yeah, and did it and did the fucking. I did the competition. It was so you think you can host two thousand and eleven August fifteen. Motaz Hamdi won. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, what happened to him? I don't know. He was real funny yeah. and a great dude. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of fell off, but I remember he won, and I remember I was indignant. I I thought I should have won. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a cool
0: that like for people listening the rhino room in adelaide is like i don't know like i would say it's like a bit of an institution Yeah, like comedy yeah. um and like i'd feel like a lot of like australian comedians that you probably recognize have have started at open mic at rhino room that and i don't know it's that so that was 2011 that was yeah. 2 years before i started yeah and then you did you move to england
1: no i uh, i did that and then I did maybe two or three more. Also, were you good at that stage? Nah, man. I was bad until like this January. <laughs> <laughs> I was bad for a lot. I've always thought that I was like three levels ahead of where I actually was. Right. Um, I think I was bad for years, especially because my, my stand-up trajectory was I did that and then I went away... I was doing this journalism internship in South America, in Bolivia, for like that whole summer. So I didn't really do stand-up again until like February 2012 did a few more in Adelaide, moved to Melbourne in July of 2012, started doing it in Melbourne and after right. two years, then I moved to London. Right. And at two years in Melbourne was the point when I was starting to be like not the lowest level uh-huh. and like me, Luca, Black- Luca Muller, Blake Freeman and like Pete Jones, we'd all kind of started and had started to, you know, be a little bit known in the comedy scene and just when I was getting to that level, I moved to London and started completely again and didn't have the skills to slot. I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to slot in at another level. Nah, in straight back to the <laughs> fucking bottom yeah. and did open mics in London for two years yeah. and then came back to Melbourne at this point now, like four years into comedy yeah. and everyone was like, who the fuck is this cunt? Yeah. And I have almost like, started again. But, so-
0: well, but I've heard um, from Peter Jones that, when you got back to Melbourne after that two years, that that was like a crazy jump in how good you were at Really? Yeah. I think that's oh. when he would say the moment that you became good. Was that's wild. Yeah.
1: I feel like I didn't become good until I did Edinburgh in 2017, right. which was a year after I got back. I feel like for the first – I got back in September 2016 and – From then, for like almost a year, I just felt like I didn't know where I was in Melbourne. Yeah. I felt like there had been a bunch of people who had started since I've been gone and they like leapfrogged me. People, I mean, like, like people like Sam Taunton, Danielle Walker, Alex Ward all started and I felt like I didn't really know them. And then I came back and I was like these guys are all so and fucking all, funny. Yeah, yeah. And I I was I felt like I gave up my spot in the line <laughs> and now I'm like all these people are funnier than me and no one knows who I am. Like I
0: I I've got to ask like, well I I didn't see you back in those days really, I don't think, do comedy, but I'm wondering like how that's a lot of determination if you see like if you've been doing it for years, and then you see like those sorts of people who have started a lot more recently, and how good they are, and how funny they are, like why didn't you give up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Like, I, mean, I think like, that's great. Yeah, you didn't.
0: that's like I, I don't know. I feel like that's quite spirited.
1: I guess I never. I mean, this is getting into severe back padding territory, but I never felt like it never even entered my mind. Really? I was just like. Of course, I'm doing. I was so much of my identity was built around like everyone I meet. I'm like, hey, I'm a comedian, yeah, um, for better or for worse, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like the hot, like uh, living in London. I worked in a cafe 45 hours a week, and when I wasn't doing that, I was like writing or going to do shows, and that. Made the working in the cafe and the no sleep and all that bearable. Like doing comedy was always the thing that makes the rest of my life, you know, like have meaning.
0: That's exactly how I feel, funnily enough. And that I I would really want to ask you then since March, since comedy hasn't existed, because I've felt like I've lost my purpose in life. I'm wondering like, have you been struggling with that and – yeah, to what extent have you been struggling
1: with yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I've been um, struggling with you've that. You've been struggling? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just
0: feel like I didn't realize how much I tied that thing to my identity. Like I – I, unlike you, I would have always thought of myself as a person who does a few things and comedy is one of them. I wouldn't have – Really? Yeah, like I knew it was a big part of my life and I love it. But I – you know, I, I've got other things I love and I wouldn't have like – tied it like i am definitely a comedian this is who i am but since not being able to do it um for the last six months or seven months or whatever it's been i've really like i don't know i'm I'm, like who the fuck am i yeah sure i
1: love to hear that man i love to hear that (laughs) because i always thought uh, i mean this is presumptuous but i'll just say it i always thought that like you're someone who you're like a fucking like an ephemeral figure like you're around everywhere and you're so funny and you do these fucking great shows and you have these great bits and then i won't see you for like a month and i know you're not like touring somewhere else or something i know you're a man i'm like where the fuck's garnham and then you come back and you've got this new bit and it's so good and i'm like when did he write that because he hasn't been gigging i mean yeah that's how
0: i feel i sort of float I, no, not I don't float in and out of it. It's always on my mind, and yeah, I'm always writing yeah. and thinking of ideas. I got yeah, that impression. I, 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 yeah, I didn't realize how big of an aspect it was in my life until this year when I haven't been able to do it. Yeah. And also, just for my like, you know, people say like, oh, I I read for like self care, or I fucking do yoga like mm-hmm. to look after my body and my mm-hmm. this and that, blah blah blah, whatever. Everyone has different things that are like cathartic for them. And I didn't realise that stand-up was one of those for me. Yeah, like I feel sure. like I need to do it, like almost to an unhealthy level. Like yeah. I've got like this like thing in me that hasn't been
1: yeah. nourished. Totally. Yeah. yeah How I, have
0: you been going with it?
1: Uh, well, I have found a stopgap outlet in my podcast because my podcast is called Sitting Under a Tree. <laughs> 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 um, and it's me talking to myself every week. Um, I, the way I pitch it to people, I'm like, it's it's stand up, but instead of an audience, I make myself laugh. Um, and I have started writing down – I never used the note section of my phone until this year but now I'll have a, like an idea in the week or something that I think would be uh. good to try on stage. I'll note it in my phone and then sometime before the pod, I'll write like a page of just dump my whatever's in my head on a page about that thing and then I'll do the pod and I'll do it kind of as if I'm trying to figure it out on stage but mm. obviously it's different and it's slower and it takes longer because there's no audience. It's just me but that's been it's cool yeah that's kind of like the fucking it's like you good enough for now you know mm, yeah, plug yeah, the fucking yeah. gap it's for now and yeah it's,
0: it's still like yeah because yeah thinking of those little ideas putting them in your phone and then trying them at fucking crab lab or whatever yeah that week, that's like you're just doing it on the podcast so before that did you just like turn your mic on before you started doing it this way, would you just used to turn the oh, mic on on your podcast and just like stream of consciousness? Yeah,
1: I can't even really remember what I used to do. My podcast, is, I've been doing it for like three years. So I guess it's been through, I've had different processes. Mm. Like for a bit, I was trying to do it. I was trying to make it... <laughs> I'm such a fuckhead. I tried to do it about coffee. I was like, (laughs) people like coffee? That'll be marketable. (laughs) I changed the name for a bit and I was like, I'm going to do a coffee podcast. You
0: drink a different coffee each episode.
1: No, it was like, because I was doing, because I went on tour uh, and went to like Asia and Europe and all these places. So I was like, I'll try like a new cafe in every city and like talk about it and the coffee scenes and my idea was I would have a coffee podcast and then I would go to places and get free coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And I like interviewed people in cafes in like Paris and Berlin, but it just went nowhere, man. Like it was – so that was a thing for a bit or like – I don't know what I used to do before that. I guess I did just used to turn the mic on and talk and sometimes it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more structure to it now. Like now I'm like – I have – I'll talk for a bit, and once I run out of steam, I have like uh, I'll talk about my garden. You know, I'm like yeah. this week in my garden, I'm doing this and that and then, and then that sets me off on something else. And then when I run out of steam, I'll talk about like oh, and piano this week, I'm working on this or that thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's a copy of Bill Burr's podcast. Is exactly uh, yeah, what it I was it is. thinking similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: but I wonder. Yeah, I, I assume he is more structured than he sounds like he is on the. Yeah, the, you know I, I mean,
1: like, I listen to his podcast religiously his podcast comes out on the Monday and mine's Tuesday and my treat to myself after I record mine every week is to listen to his because I don't want to listen to my, his before mine because yeah, then it'll, yeah, be too, cause it'll, whatever, it'll be too whatever be too like
0: his have you ever had that with um with stand up with doing jokes have you ever because I, I I don't watch that much comedy mm. I'd say and um like people are always like who's your favourite comedian and stuff like this and, and like I don't watch that much of it Who because is I'm quite scared that I'll be Um, derivative of people. My favourite comedian, uh, I don't know, I've got heaps, but um, the people that make me laugh the most in the Australian scene Mm -hmm. are probably like Damien Power, Ann Edmonds and Sam Campbell. Yeah, sure. I mean, pretty...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) everyone knows those guys are the fucking funniest ones. Fuck, man, Campbell destroys me like... I'll show Sam Campbell's shit to people who have like never watched stand up so and they love like, doing that it's so like, good is this what comedy is <laughs> I'm like
0: not really <laughs> well but they go they go crazy because they yeah. like it's so funny because I think everyone to a certain extent like I know I am is fucking bored of stand up comedy like yeah, and he just yeah, yeah. like he he fucking just, just does shits this all shame. over all of the all of the things that you think stand up comedy is he just like rips yeah. them apart and yeah. it's so exciting I um I was talking to someone and they said, uh, watching Sam Campbell do comedy for the first time is like watching comedy for the first time. Yeah, yeah. You realize that you could do that. Yeah, you're
1: just allowed to put your bank details on a projector and do it on the gala. I yeah, like, he's like insane. of course. He's insane. Yeah, he's so fucking good. Who,
0: man. who are your favourite comedians? Bill My, my, my favourite like worldwide is probably Stuart Lee.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say, would you get you would get compared to Stuart Lee, I would think, just because of the slow paced long stories thing. It's funny
0: actually. One I, one year I did Perth Fringe and my tech was like, oh, I really like that bit that you do about this. Um, it reminds me of a Stuart Lee bit, and I'd never heard of him. And then oh. I looked him up and I was like, Fuck, this guy's a bit like too similar he's like doing what i do but so much better like he's so much better at it than me and then i watched a bit of him and that's sort of that's that's a great example for what i was saying about being worried is uh yeah i've watched a bit of Stuart Lee, and i can tell he's my favorite comedian in the world and i can also (laughs) tell that what he does is what i want to do really like like the bits that i've watched of him i'm like that's what i'm trying to do Like if i was who i I'm aiming to be as a comedian. It's pretty much that, that's and so then I've Lee. stopped watching it. I've probably watched in total. I've probably watched 20 minutes of Stuart Lee. Wow! Stuff, what?
1: And he's my favourite
0: comedian in the world. You're crazy. I'm too Why would
1: you do that? Because you what, should do it now. Because but, there's but no then comedy come back.
0: No, that's probably even worse. Because I'll come back and I won't have done any gigs, but I would have been watching all this Stuart Lee shit, and I'll just. It's not that I'm going to say the same jokes or even talk about the same things, but you. Like I, I mirror the cadence and the way people talk. I think yeah, everyone does that. I'd if do I do If I'd I like so sunk into Stuart Lee and watched heaps of his stuff yeah. and then started doing comedy, I'm sure there'd be some people that are like, what the fuck's he doing?
1: Like yeah, He's, trying, he's okay. trying to be
0: Stuart Lee. That's probably because he's like, so good. He's so good. It would just be fucking ridiculous
1: if I looked at him. And he's like mesmeric, like the, the way it. that yeah. he speaks and everything. Yeah. I That's probably a very like prudent thing to do in terms mm. of your development to not. I think so. To I, not like. But
0: I've had other people like you, like Andrew Portelli said to me, like um, he's another comedian. He said, like, you're a fucking idiot. Just watch him. Yeah, not you should just watch him.
1: him. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Just watch him and, and enjoy it. I, should. I don't know. Dude, 41st best stand up. Was shown to me by this comedian called Aaron Monday, who did like ten gigs in two thousand and twelve, and then just disappeared and never to be seen again. But I'll remember him forever because he introduced me to Stuart Lee. Mm. He was like some fucking weird, you know, English backpacker cunt, and uh, <laughs> who I clearly have no respect for. <laughs> I got no respect for someone who does comedy and then (laughs) quits. How dare you? Um, Yeah, because you had to go through the trenches. (laughs) Because I put my fucking time in, bro. Um but he yeah, he was like, Man, go home and watch um and watch Stuart Lee. And I watched 41st Best Stand Up and that joke when he do- I mean you don't even know. He like does a joke backwards. He does the punchline, does the se- he does the setup wrong, does the punchline, yeah. and then does the setup correctly again, and you laugh at the setup because you remember the punchline yeah. and it blew I was like, You can you can do that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. insane. I mean,
0: that's a perfect example. If I watched that, I would you try- I would love it, but I'd just be angry that I hadn't done it before watching him do it. I I wouldn't try to do it, but I'd be like, now I can never try to do it. Whereas if I had never seen it and didn't know that his bit existed, I could naturally try and do Ah. my own version of that. And it wouldn't be that similar to it because I've never seen it. But if I've seen it, then I can just never try it. I could never try that now because Stuart Lee's done it and I've witnessed it. You know what I mean? If I've never witnessed it- and I do it my own way. It probably won't seem too similar.
1: Well, I came from the other way where I was like, I saw him do that, and I was like, I want to write a joke like that and try to do oh, it. And way. then when I figure it out, I'm like, okay, that's that that I have in my arsenal now. That right, little right, trick, right, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a pullback and reveal, but yeah. like higher it's, level. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like a learning a flip from the ask. master, you know? Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. So, yeah.
1: But um, no, my guy's Bill Burr, man. Bill Burr is like my dad, dangerously Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, Just, I mean, everything that he's about, I love, like, and his flaws as a fucking dude. And like, I mean, I listen to his pod, yeah, the day that it comes out, both episodes every week. And I have Mm -hmm. done for like the last two years, maybe. Yeah, well. And all of his set, like, his dude, his last special, Paper Tiger, is incredible like it's incredible the way he talks about what bill burr does that i'm learning that i would like to learn how to do myself in stand-up and just generally is he so perfectly is able to say the insane things that he thinks and feels Mm -hmm. but have it be known that he it's like at the same time, this is a thing that I think and feel, but I also know that it's crazy. Yeah. So let's make fun of me for feeling that. And I-
0: tr- That's a great way of putting what he does. Though. Yeah. Exactly he's he's like,
1: he how crazy am I that I think this? Yeah. And if anyone came up to you and said, I think this, you'd be like, you're fucked. Yeah. You're yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. But he somehow makes it understood that I think this, but I also don't believe it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's in there, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is
0: so probably why he resonates so well with so many people. Is because yeah. everyone has fucked up thoughts that they're like, yeah, shit, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Actually, you've got a bit about that.
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> what, I, I have just a thought bit, of that. I have a bit. I, this is actually a real proud moment for me. I have a bit that I did about meditation, right? Yeah. About the meditation thing. Wait, is that the same bit? I think it's the same bit. No,
0: I'm thinking of the one where you're in the kitchen. Yeah, it's the house, same mate. bit. It the it's same what bit? I've learned yeah. from meditation and then yeah, I go into that, yeah, how I right, want to right. stab my housemate. thoughts. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then the whole it's thing about bit. meditation is I thought – it, it helped me understand the way that I think and then I have a fantasy of like drowning my housemate because he didn't clean that's the right. kitchen properly yeah. and I'm like, that's what I, whatever. Bill Burr has that bit on his new special really? and I wrote it before the special came out and then, and I mean, in my set, it was a bit that I was like, leaning into because it was one of my strongest bits in his it's like a throwaway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a bummer totally. but i saw it and i was like that's the same bit yeah i that, mean
0: that's that's something to feel very proud yeah of, I, I felt
1: mean. really proud yeah. i watched that and i was like that's fucking his is literally about meditation and it has the same mechanic of yeah. like here's an insane thought and that's how meditation you know I whatever
0: a, I i think it makes sense i think that's one of the best bits of yours for me. That's one yeah. of my favorite Yeah, books. yeah, um, I had, yeah. I had a similar thing with fucking a bit about Rory Scovel. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. He, he's got a bit about like how um like we don't need documentaries about crazy like animals that we're never going to bump into. We need documentaries about simple shit like this microphone. No one knows how it works. Yeah. Like the noise goes into this bit and then it travels through this cord. Yeah, and then yeah. A, like – like a record player, like, you know, the needle grabs the sound. Like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck what are does you that mean? About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of that when I first started doing comedy, but yeah. not in those. I couldn't think not of it in good. that way. Yeah. Not even. I didn't even develop the idea. It was like, it was like almost just like a flash through my mind. And I was like, that's got to be some way to make a joke out of that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm probably going to cut this out. I like
1: that's fine.
0: Um, um but yeah what about okay so what, what about like general mental health throughout stage four lockdown? I think like uh, quite like quite a few people that listen to this podcast probably aren't in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's sort of why I wanted to talk to you because we've both been living through this like stage four lockdown and all this stuff that stra- like most of Australia hasn't been. Um, and I wonder if it's like affected you much and your mental health and stuff and just how you felt during this time
1: different phases hey like different Mm. periods when stage four lockdown first got announced i was just so angry but there's no one to be angry at because i agree with the lockdown of course and i think we're doing the right thing but i'm just like the the anger was like why is this happening to me or us why us what why i just just not fair and i had all this anger but i didn't have anywhere to put it it was so interesting i saw like you know, they have those stories in the media of like, this guy went from fucking Geelong to like, you know, yeah, Frankston to get a yeah, fucking yeah. thimble. Yeah. What and fuck <laughs> and it's like they're holding these guys up to be like, do you want to be angry at that? Know, we are, we know you're angry. So How about true. that one? It's so true. And I'm like, I can't even be angry at that guy because yeah, it's not yeah. that guy. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's a fucking idiot, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not the fault. The, no. Yeah. No, and yeah. it's not even really anyone's fault. It's just a fucking yeah. disease. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I had that bit, and like missing stand up and being all mopey, and then um, like I've I've felt recently that I was pretty good, but I had a weird one yesterday. Um, my uh, I just had like a weird, not even a fight, but just like a weird, you know, disagreement or like a thing with a friend, and because I've not seen them. It was blown up so out of proportion in my head because normally you might have like Uh, a little bump in the road with a mate, see him at stand up the next night and you just, you don't even need to say anything. You just see each other and you see them smile at you and you're like, oh, we're Uh cool. I don't even need to mention that. Yeah. But there's no that. So I'm just in my head stewing about this one, you know, offhanded comment. Yeah. That is now becoming like they hate me. Maybe I need to rethink. Maybe I was wrong to say that. Maybe I'm a fuckhead. Maybe I just need to reassess everything that <laughs> yeah. I do and my whole attitude to oh, life. Man, I
0: know. I and know. then
1: message them about it. And they were like, oh man, I was at work. Sorry. Like, yeah, dude, you're <laughs> yeah. so fine. I love you. I know. I get yeah. it. It was all that. Like,
0: oh man, that I relate to this one so much. Yeah. I feel like I've had countless ones of these. And yeah. I think. For me, part of the problem is not only do you not like bump into the person and and smooth it out with them in that momentary like, oh, we're all sweet, yeah, we're all sweet. Not only that, but for me, the biggest thing is that you don't have anything in your life to distract you from that thing. So Mm -hmm. like even like, I don't know, like if you – here's one, like I fucking – the other day, and this isn't even, this obviously is nothing that's going to stick with me. But the other day, like I was walking my dog and there was a family and like the, the daughter and the son were off to one side and they were like maybe 10 years old or something. And the daughter yelled out to her mum. She was like, hello to her mum Cause she was like 10 meters away from her mum. But I thought she was saying hello to me and I went, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I realized immediately that she wasn't, she like looked at me all confused. And then I was like, fucking hell. Like, I said that out loud. That kind of and that. Moment, I probably thought about that like every day for the next week. I'm
1: a fucking idiot. (laughs) Just like you swore at a little girl. Because
0: you've got nothing else to. It's like everything is amplified. Yeah. Every single thing. Because you don't
1: have stuff to flush it out. Yeah. The next thing to take its place. Yeah. Stuff
0: with your friends. Like, I, yeah, I, you know, I haven't called that person. Or then you Uh do call them. Oh, was that a weird thing that I said to that (laughs) mine (laughs) And then you think about it heaps. And it's not like you're just overthinking everything. Yeah, man. It's all concentrated. It's all. Yeah. It's, I think that's the strangest thing for me.
1: Have you. Are you like keeping up? Like you've got your housemates. Mm-hmm. Do you see anyone else go on any walks or anything? Uh, my sisters
0: and- Live in Melbourne? My mum, yeah. Yeah. So my sisters and my mum and my housemates. Um, and then- Are oh you like calling any people regularly or like nah? You know, it's funny. Like I, for some reason- I'm finding it harder to call people in this time than I usually would, even yeah. though I'm lonely and I'm <laughs> sure that I need to talk to people. Yeah. Like the thought of calling like a friend back in Adelaide or even a friend in Melbourne I haven't seen for ages, like mm-hmm. it's just like too much of a chore. I feel like I've gone so hermit mode. Yeah. That like even though I'm lonely, I don't want to feel yeah, my Yeah, it's loneliness. weird. Hey. Like, no, I'll just stay in this insular little thing.
1: It's like, dude, I always <laughs> think of that John Mullaney joke when he goes, um, Uh, travel is, um, travel is pretty lonely, isn't it? Travel? Life, sorry, life. That's the lonely one. And then he, that's sorry, that's it. And then he goes, um, do you ever have someone? Do you ever say you're lonely to someone? And then they're like, oh, we should hang out. And you're like, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> like that's a hundred percent
0: how that's I exactly feel. It. Yeah, that's exactly exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm lonely as, but I don't want to
1: talk. Not to any fucking of these you <laughs> though. Can't someone better? <laughs> Man, it was like one of my fucking old mates from back in the day in Adelaide. Messaged me the other day. he I missed his call. I probably fucking saw it and ignored it, mm. you know, because I was like, I'm busy walking aimlessly around my house. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So I, and so, like, I didn't fucking yeah. And then he messaged me and he was like, "Hey, man, like, you know, I'll call you another time or whatever." I was just calling just because it was my thirtieth the other day and wish you were here. And it took me two weeks of being like, I'm going to call my mate. I'm going to yeah. call my mate to finally fucking call him of like a Monday evening. Yeah, And he, of course, answered my call straight away. And we and we chatted for like 45 minutes.
0: Yeah. And then it's really nice. Yeah. It was so like, nice. Fuck, I probably should have called you like two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe I
1: should have reached out to my fucking friend on his yeah. 30th birthday. <laughs> God. I had this one the other day. Um Because I'm quite – I've been meditating actually. I've been doing that. That's been sick.
0: Meditating, not drinking, gardening Gardening. almost every day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're like – you're getting closer and
1: closer to like wearing robes. (laughs) I have been going out late at night and murdering people though.
0: (laughs) 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 But what's with all the – like I think it's great. But what brought on all these things that are – you know, probably everyone should be meditating and drinking less um and gardening's probably really good for your mm. for your spirit and your fucking soul or whatever as well. What brought all these things on for you?
1: Man, I <clears throat> I reckon like this time last year was like a huge I had like a bit of a kind of shift in like I guess the way that I'm approaching my life. Uh like when I we kind of talked about it before when I moved back from London, I felt like for about a year or so really lost. In comedy, like I I felt like I built my um, identity in London around like I'm an Australian guy and the joke that I had was now I'm back in Australia, everyone's Australian, I'm just a fucking guy and I kind of lost that and then from then, that was like one phase of my life. From that until about a year ago, I was a couple big things happened. One, um, my grandpa, when I was 10, bought me a thousand dollars worth of shares and they kept reinvesting dividends every year. And I could get it out when I was 25 and it was worth 13 grand. And I used it at the end of 2017 to go and see a girl that I was in love with in Edinburgh. It didn't work out, but I used some of that money and then I had access to it. So for the next two years after that, I slowly whittled that money down and that helped me. Um, sell myself the lie that I was a full-time professional comedian. Mm. So I was like, I don't have a job and I'm making enough money to live mostly day-to-day and when I don't, I just dip into this money that was like 13 grand and then it was nine and then it was five and that ran out in July of last year. So there was that and then there was the fact of like being 28- and never having had a long-term relationship or like any relationship longer than like two or three months and being away last year, I was away one stretch from the end of May through to like October. It was like four months and I did like all this amazing like comedy and traveling stuff. But I kind of on that trip realized like I'm doing heaps of comedy and I'm traveling to all these cool places but I'm losing money and my saving – my or not savings, my fucking reserves of money from my fucking granddad is gone now. And I I guess for the two years that I was doing that, I was kind of going, oh, I need to do all this travel for comedy. But once I ran out of money, I looked at it and I was like, I don't need to be in, in fucking Ireland for two weeks. I made like 200 euros on gigs there and I could just go – I could just not go or if I'm going to go count it as a loss and know that that's a loss rather than pretending like I'm you know I need to do it or whatever. So when I got back I um, I was like I'm going to I've used this phrase I'm like going to commit emotionally commit to living in Melbourne and also around in June last year I decided to quit drinking um and so when I got back I was like I live in Melbourne now this is where I I think my mindset before that was like wherever I'm sleeping tonight, that's where I live. And when I got back, I was like, this is my home. And when I go, I'm going to go and do gigs, but I'm not going to go for a week to do one gig. I'm going to go – if I've only got one gig, I probably won't go. If I'm going for a week, I'm going to do paid gigs yeah. every night. And um, and then like that mindset came to like, okay, so I live in Melbourne, so I'm going to like make this my home. I started gardening in like November and I'm like – putting down roots mainly – I feel like I'm rambling right now. No, 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 no I really <laughs> Mainly um, for the um- – It was a lot about like a relationship, you know, like I've never had a relationship and I feel like part of that is because I'm always leaving the place. Yeah.
0: Or just in your mind, you're not.
1: Yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. And I I actually, I went to therapy as well for the first time. I went to therapy. I decided to go to therapy the same time, that I decided to quit drinking, but I couldn't. So I was researching therapy the whole time when I was away. And then when I got back in October, I was like, all right, going into therapy. And I realized in therapy that every relationship i had ever been in, I hadn't, ever actually committed to it i'd either like conveniently been physically leaving or emotionally never been in there yeah and so i decided to like try and address that and try and address the fact that i was never really committed to actually being in melbourne um and so that was like the gardening and whatever and then conveniently as i made that decision coronavirus hit and forced me to wow. be in melbourne wow so lucky
0: uh there's a few things, but yeah, there's why? Heaps of shit
1: in it. I feel like I just fucking sprayed you. No, that Sorry. was really
0: good. That was really good. Why? Um, why is why was drinking? Do you think drinking was tied to the not settling into a relationship thing, or is that just a separate thing?
1: No, it's a separate thing. Out? But I'll tell you why I quit drinking. Yeah, um, I quit drinking. It took me a while to even figure it out. I just when I decided to like, I would woke up one morning and I'd had like two one-month stints off of drinking in the year previous and it felt good but there was always when I came back to drinking, I was like, oh, but I've got that thing, that party or whatever Mm -hmm. excuse to drink. And then one morning I woke up and I was like, what if I just didn't drink and then there was never, you know, it takes the decision away and it just was like, oh, I can just not drink and never have to decide if I'm going to drink or not that night, just take the decision away from it. But the... There was, um, I uh, I always like in the morning after, like on a Sunday, so horny, super horny, you know, and I'm like going through my phone, any girl that I've ever like it's hooked up with three years ago or whatever, hey, like what's going on? How are you? And um, so I knew that like drinking was tied to sex and I just fucking, uh, I just hate that, man. And like a couple times I've been smashed in a club at like 5am and I know I've been that like gross guy on the dance floor, just like fucking it's looking around, head sometimes. on a swivel, yeah, 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 yeah. trying yeah. to fucking, yeah, and just yeah. like- I'm sure people can see that, and I think I'm being real sly, but probably everyone's like, oh, that guy or, fucking sucks. I think you they know? just sense it more than anything. Yeah. I don't
0: think you see the way people are like that. I think you just feel it. Like, I've been that guy as well. It's yeah. Like, and you know you're being
1: that. Yeah. You know you're doing thing. that. Yeah. It's, but you're just it's, like, it's I just, f- I just f- want to fuck something. And it's mm-hmm. gross. It's gross. So gross. And
0: then, like, yeah, I think anytime that you're like basing decisions in your life on that, that, part of you it's just not yeah that that's that's similar to why I've stopped watching porn and it's yeah. sort of similar it's like that part of my brain is I just don't want to feed that part of my brain that's not that's not that's not how I want to think about sex like sex yeah, shouldn't sure. be this thing that I'm like on a sunday morning hungover like watching porn Using on my it laptop fucking, like, yeah no, yeah like if I want to have sex with a person then I have sex with them and it's, <laughs> it should be a beautiful thing yeah it, it can, can be, be like really this, nice yeah, for me, like porn wasn't healthy in yeah. the same way. Sure, yeah. you use porn, I guess the way that I, I think so. Yeah, I think I probably had less of the like Sunday morning five a.m. like looking around on the dance floor. I'd yeah. be more likely to just get an Uber home and watch porn like five yeah, times. Yeah, really?
1: <laughs> oh man, I would just that. <laughs> and I hated it. It yeah. made me feel
0: disgusting. Like, yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> and like I think I was like, yeah, I was just just. Yeah, it's fucking addictive porn. Like, yeah, so it is. addictive it is. And I feel great now. Like I feel yeah? be like you without drinking. You haven't like, watched
1: porn this- in how long? Uh, I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> that was the best look been two months i'm talking about it
0: like it's been a long no, time
1: oh so fuck two months is sick yeah I'm that's really good
0: that. I, like i feel like i'm talking about it like i haven't watched porn in no days, man that's awesome i when
1: you made There's that look bit, i was like oh three days yeah, or no, something no, no, no. oh no, man that's killer
0: and but it's also like i've i've stopped watching porn at different times in my life and similar to the drinking probably i've been like i'm not going to watch porn for a month yeah or whatever because i'm like i'm just this is bad i'm watching too much porn yeah that's but cool. this time i'm I couldn't be more sure about it. That I I don't think I'll ever watch porn again. Wow, would but I just like good for you. I don't think so. I can't see it happening. I think it's I think it's done now. That's and sick. that's a fucking cool feeling. It yeah, it's really good.
1: Yeah, that's how it feels about the drinking. I don't. I like to think that I might drink for this or that reason, but I genuinely can't <laughs> think of something where it would be like improved by drinking. I feel like I can. I don't know. It's weird, man. Sometimes I'm like, am I less fun? I have that thought of like you know, or everyone, like at the like like that's if
0: sad, like if that there's that's a, a worry, yeah, it is a worry. <laughs> it's sad that that is yeah a thing that because like factor in.
1: I just think about my life now and all those things that you mentioned. Like I'm meditating and I'm fucking gardening and it all sounds really nice, but. I'm like, I hate myself, and that sucks. All those things are just that's what an asshole would say, and you'd roll your eyes and walk off, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that fucking cunt. Yeah, wouldn't know that. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm exciting. I'm taco. I've got stories, yeah. you know? <laughs> all
0: right. This journey of self discovery. Yeah. I'm glad we got into this because I wanted to talk to you about this, all yeah. this stuff, because I feel like, yeah, it's it has been a big change in your life, not drinking anymore. Um, being more settled in Melbourne, can we talk about in relation to that? Can we talk about the the love lives? Mm-hmm. But then also, maybe as a separate thing, can we talk about your dad and when you went? Because where does that all fit in? Um, I'd like to get the story about that. But then, but maybe firstly, <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: um, the girl that you went over and you you used that money from your grandpa's yeah. shares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was that do you think that the breakdown of that relationship led to this rediscovering of yourself or what?
1: That that relationship was um, – that was the first Edinburgh. That was when I like first felt like, you know, that 2017 was the first time I went and I did um, the Abisham flat, that show mm. about my flatmate who was yeah, a con yeah, yeah. man. Great show. And uh, didn't get nominated, did it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. We're going to start that again.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's fucking... I love that. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I went over there and I did it for the month and I met this girl like at the start of the month and we just like spent, you know, the whole month together and hung out and then we like traveled together and we went to like Paris and we... um, went to London and all this stuff and I I hadn't told anyone, I hadn't said I love you to anyone in years since then, uh, bef- sorry, before then and um, that felt like very special and then like I went back and it just wasn't the right time but I still, I kind of held that relationship up in my mind as a like that was the one that broke the pattern, you know? Like I had all these kind of failed things and there was patterns of me not committing or bailing on relationships. But I was like, yeah, but that one was different. That was the one where I really did commit was what I kind of told myself. Like, look, I went, I took all this money and I went to Edinburgh to try and make it work. Yeah. And then when I got into therapy, my therapist was like, I mean, it sounds like you both knew there wasn't a future in it. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess when I went over to Edinburgh, I was still only going to be there for a month and that's kind of why it didn't work out. And uh, yeah, I guess that just kind of showed me that in my mind there was this one example of like, no, I'm not this thing because that and then when my therapist helped me see that that actually conformed very like perfectly to the pattern, I was like, damn, all right. Then I guess this is a thing that I... Can start thinking about.
0: Fuck, what a, that's, I mean, that therapist, what a valuable thing that they've done that. Yeah, it was so cool, man. That's what it's all about.
1: And uh, you know what made me, oh, Bill Burr, you know what made me feel like it's okay to go to therapy and feel like it's okay to quit drinking? Bill Burr doesn't drink. And that was like a big factor in me not drinking. And also Bill Burr talks about how he's gone to therapy to deal with his anger shit. Wow. Yeah. it's cool. He's my dad. Yeah, yeah
0: well actually good segue um <laughs> can we talk about your dad when yeah, did you yeah. go to columbia and find your biological father
1: <laughs> um he i didn't go to columbia i went to um oh it's so crazy that this year we didn't get to do our fucking shows because that was what my that fucking was what your show was shows. About. and what a
0: great show will you do that show yeah, next year i'll do it again
1: yeah The story I guess condensed is my mum was backpacking in South America when she was 22, came home back to Adelaide, found out she was pregnant. That's me. But the guy, um, they were together for six months over there but he couldn't come to Australia so they broke off contact. Then my mum met my stepdad when I was two and they had another son, my brother, and that was my family. They were together until I was 23. That's my dad. That's my family. Um when I was 23, they broke up and I said to mum, let's try and find this guy, Fernando, my biological dad. She found him on Facebook. He doesn't live in Colombia anymore. He's moved uh, – he's lived in Europe since like two years after I was born, had another kid with a German lady, so I've got a half-brother over there. Wow. And he now currently lives in Austria with a different woman to that lady and um, – Yeah, has just kind of lived a pretty weird, tumultuous life. Spent a bit of time in jail because he robbed a bank because he owed money to some mobsters that he borrowed money off of to try and open a restaurant. Wow. Um, (laughs) Tectic. Yeah, lives in Austria with this lady and has another son who's a few years younger than me that he wasn't really in contact with for like 15 years either. It sounds like he had a bit of a pattern of... Mm. Yeah, having like kids you. and then bailing from the responsibility—that's really interesting. Different reasons, I reckon. Oh,
0: well, and he, he was bailing further along in the story.
1: Yeah, I guess. You know. Hey, yeah, I never got to six months. No. Um.
0: And you never—that you know—I've had a kid. Yeah, yeah, I don't reckon. No.
1: My number's out there. If anyone wants to, <laughs> to fucking call me and settle it, let's. i fucking pay the alimony, man. <laughs>
0: Is that what it's called? What know. what was it like when you and then you went to Austria to meet
1: him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Vienna.
0: You don't want to give away your show for your stand up show for next it's fine. year. But um was it weird?
1: It was like it was just fine. There was no I'd say in the show there was no moment. Like no. I was looking for a moment. Right. I was I kind of explain it like I feel like everyone has these questions that they ask themselves in their' life, you know like who am I? Where do I fit into the world? what like who am I and what does it mean that I am this person or whatever? Mm-hmm. Everyone has those questions, but it just so happens that for most people, you just have that question and you just you know figure it out or leave it. But for me, there's a literal guy in Vienna that I can go and ask, uh, who am I? So that's right. what I was doing, but I wasn't. It wasn't like but a thing. But did you get the answer? No. No, of course not. No. No. Just <laughs> I just asked a guy, "Who am I?" and he was wearing a big hat. It <laughs> was just like na na. I'm like that doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really connect. It was a lot of pressure that we were both putting on ourselves and each other, and um, you know, we're just two people. I. I he kind of frustrates me the way that he communicates or like doesn't really communicate like, you know, a relationship is about, hey, how are you? How's your day? Like the day-to-day stuff, but he doesn't go for that. I think he maybe like me is always looking for it to be a big cinematic the, the moment. moment. Yeah. So
0: was he doing that when you met him? Was he like-
1: Not when I met to- him, but like the messages that he sends me are very like- Aiden like you know uh, my son you know best of like wishes to your brother and your father and your family and give you all the salutations from my family in Colombia and these grand statements when actually all I want is just like how was your day yeah yeah and uh yeah, so our relationship is kind of weird and terse, but it was nice to go over there and he was very warm. Like, he's a good person. He has a cool life yeah. and he loves his wife and he has a community of Colombian expats that they all live in Vienna and he's kind of in that. That's like his, his people. Table. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was nice to see that. I like my half-brother, Miguel. He's a good dude. Yeah. I like him better. Yeah. Oh, well, that's
0: nice. You, yeah, yeah. You learned that you had a half-brother out of it. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Um, at... I I forgot to tell you about this beforehand, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the podcast, I always, you might not be able to think of one off the top of your head. So if you can't, you can just send it to me after. I always ask guests to recommend an artist, like could be a comedian, could be a musician, could be a writer. Um, They could be really famous, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Or they could be someone that no one would have ever heard of. Yeah, Uh, Whatever you prefer, it could be like a big, Whatever. Watch Bill
1: Burr, Paper Tiger on Bill Netflix. Burr. It's okay. incredible. Mm-hmm. It's okay. th- it's my favorite stand-up special.
0: All right, sweet. Yeah. I'm actually going to watch it.
1: It's so know, good, I'm man. Well, but I'm going to yeah. watch it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I really like Bill Burr. Um,
1: I think we've spoken for ages. So yeah, for we that. have spoken <laughs> for a bunch of time. And I feel like we've kind of glossed over every single topic yeah. <laughs> and not really gone deep in on anything. Yeah. It's perfect. That's good. <laughs> That's what I want. I want it to be an eclectic
0: glossed over yeah. podcast. um unless there's anything else you want to add
1: no nah, other than just listen to my podcast sitting under a tree yeah I'll, Spotify, I'll mention that iTunes, all in all the that. intro and Sick. um
0: i'll i'll put a link to your podcast yeah dude. yeah all right thanks brother
1: thanks for having me dude